God, we have gathered here to, to worship uh, as we enter into this season, uh, the week of Christmas, and we begin to and continue to celebrate in our hearts the birth of our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. He shall reign forevermore. And God, we celebrate that, and our hope is in those words. Our hope is in the truth of who you are, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, now that you would meet us in this place and that you would speak to us as we turn to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. How are you this morning? Great. I'm good too. Thanks. Uh, we got some ushers coming down the aisles uh, with Bibles. If you want a Bible, slip a hand up. They'll get one in your hands. You can borrow it. Keep it if you need to. Um, I want to spend just a little bit of time with you in the Word this morning. Last week we talked about Joseph, so this week we need to talk about Jesus is always the right answer in church, um, but it's not Jesus. We're going to talk about Mary, right? Some of you got that right. Thank you. So in your Bibles, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38, Luke 1, 26 through 38, nothing is impossible with God is what we want to talk about for a few minutes here. And the first idea is this, and that is that Mary was favored by God. Verse 26, as we begin. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Uh, let's think about this for just a minute. There were about 200 million people on the face of the earth at that time in 1 AD. That's compared to 7.9 billion people on the earth today. That's 40 times bigger today. And so for the sake of argument, let's assume that out of the 200 million people that there was about 100 million women alive in 1 AD. And so that's California, Texas, Florida, and New York's total combined population. Okay, get that in your mind for just a second. So why out of the 100 million women alive did God pick Mary to be the mother of Jesus? I don't know if you've ever wondered that. Mary was a young Jewish girl. Um, they estimate somewhere between the ages of 12 and 15. That's hard to get our minds around, isn't it? Uh, she was betrothed, you remember from last week, maybe to Joseph. And it, it, and it sounds so young, doesn't it? We don't know much about Mary other than that she was a poor girl in an insignificant town from a humble family with little expectations that her life was going to be anything different than anyone else. Nothing special at all in the eyes of people. She didn't stand out. Uh, she didn't graduate with the idea that most likely to be the mother of Jesus. I. Doesn't God have a sense of humor? So what does he do? He chooses this, this poor virgin girl, a resident of Nazareth nonetheless, to be the mother of Jesus. And all I can say to that is I love it. As she was going about her everyday life, something quite remarkable happened. She received this announcement, verse 28 through 30. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. If there was something so different about Mary 
that she might have responded to the angel when the angel came to her, what took you so long? Like if she thought, oh yes, of course God's going to pick me or I'm special or, or I'm really religious or whatever it might be, what took you so long? But rather the scripture says in verse 29, she was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what in the world is happening? What kind of greeting is this? So, so two times within 31 words and in between those words, it was said to Mary, you are highly favored, and then a little bit later, you have found favor with God. That's a key word. That's a key word for Mary, and that's a key word for us. The word favor uh, has this Greek root word that suggests that Mary was, was highly favored because she was the recipient of God's grace. That's what that means, that God's grace was poured out on her. It means to grace, to, to endure with special honor, to, to be accepted. So if we were to turn back and to read again, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have a special honor. Do not be afraid, Mary. God has accepted you. The other place that this word is found, and this is what's so key for us, for us today is Ephesians 1.6, and it says this, Paul writes this, to the praise of his glorious grace, there's the same word. It's used twice in the New Testament, once for Mary and once for us. That's it. To the praise of his glorious grace, to the praise of his favor, to the praise of the special honor which he has freely given to all of us, to those that he loves. What is that verse saying? It's saying that the same favor, that God's grace that was given to Mary, the fact that she was accepted, that is the same for us today. We have the same special honor in God's eyes. After Gabriel announced this special favor, he went on to announce Christ's deity, which means that he announced the fact that Jesus would be both human and he would be God. And he did that in verse 31 through 33. He says, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you're to call him Jesus. And it's this, it's this idea of no need to look through the most popular names of the day, right? What are we gonna call this baby? Because the, the angel told her, you're gonna give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. We just sang about that, didn't we? You will be with child and give birth to a son, humanity. There's the humanity part. You are to give him the name Jesus. He'll be great and he'll be called the son of the most high. There's the God part. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, 100% man, 100% God all at the same time. His deity, and that's, this is why it's so important, because his deity allowed him to live a human life, experiencing all that we experience. And so it's, we can't sit around and say, oh Jesus, you could never relate to what I'm going through. You can't understand what I'm going through because he can Hunger, thirst, pain, temptation. 
His deity allowed him to live not only as a man, but also as God, perfect, sinless, as our Lord and Savior. Without his deity, Jesus would just have been just another mere man who walked the face of the earth. But instead, he died and he rose again as the Savior of the world. Mary, don't be afraid. No need to be afraid, Mary. You're going to give birth to a son and give him the name Jesus. The next thing I see is Mary was chosen by God, verse 34 and 35. How will this be, Mary asked the angel. And it's this almost, you can just picture it almost like, I'm a virgin. She responded, there's, there's, I love the announcement, but how can this possibly be? There's a problem here. I'm a virgin. Do you think that the angel just gasped? Anthony, um, our new worship arts pastor that'll be arriving here in a few weeks, told me that last week they announced his departure at his church and he was on the keys playing. And one of the pastors got up and, and, and talked about Anthony and then said, Anthony's gonna be leaving us. He was called to um, a church, Bethel Church in Fargo, North Dakota. And he called me and said, you, you're not going to believe this, but literally there was, like the, there was like a huge gasp in the audience. Like, what? And, and the pastor turned around and everybody's kind of laughing. He said, it happened both services. And he said, I don't know what it is about Fargo. Like, they've never been there, apparently, right? They've either just seen the movie or they've heard things about Fargo. But that kind of gasp, like, Mary's like, I'm a virgin. Do you think the angel went, <gasps> Verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the only, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Then he explains to her this, this, this miracle conception, a one-of-a-kind God-sized miracle that would allow for Jesus to live as both God and as man all at the same time. And he explained to her that God, through the work of the Holy Spirit, would perform this miracle within her. Don't be afraid, Mary. You're going to give birth to a son. And that whole thing about being a virgin, don't worry about it. The third thing I see is Mary was convinced by God, 36 and 37. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And, and she, who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. And so two miracles are happening at the same time, one with Mary and, and one with Elizabeth, her relative. And in response to the two announced miracles, Gabriel says to Mary, for no word from God will ever fail. As to say, what I'm telling you is true. The promises of God are always yes. So, so friends, when you pick up your Bible and you're reading scripture and there's a promise in there from God, it's always yes. It's never maybe, it's never all oh, that used to be, it's always yes. In life there are a number of things that we encounter that certainly seem like impossibilities. We, we, we become settled in our mind that there, there's no way 
The hurdles are too high. This mountain before me is, is way too steep to climb. The reality of sickness and finances and employment or unemployment and broken relationships or depression or anxiety or divorce or addiction or death, they all seem impossible to us. And Gabriel announces nothing is impossible for God. To Mary, of course, he was referring to the two miracles of birth that he just announced, but the same God is consistent to say to us at the same time, nothing is impossible for God. All of God's promises are true. And so God wants us to know today, December 19th, 2021, what seems insurmountable to us, and maybe something has come to your mind that you're faced with, something insurmountable to us is nothing to God. It's, it's a snap of a finger for God. His plan will always prevail. It may not turn out exactly the way you think that it should or the way that you think that it could, but it's always gonna turn out according to God's plan. The last thing I see is Mary was prepared by God. Verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Mary couldn't help but to be completely surrender herself to God as his servant. It was her only way of responding to God. That's it. So because of this, this grace that was poured out on her, she couldn't help but respond the way that she did. She was, she was ready to be used by the Spirit to accomplish the will of God. Mary was most likely nothing more than a handmaid in society, the lowest kind of female servant known to the people in her day and age. Knowing her position in society demonstrates how much she must have trusted God. The more we look to God, the more we learn to trust God. The more we have a need to look to God, the more we trust God. We know from Mary's song in verse 47 that God saved her. She said, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. I don't normally do this um, I've done this once in a while, but um, have any of you seen the Christmas with the Chosen? Has anybody, one, a couple, a few of you? Yeah. Have any of you seen the Chosen? That's kind of been out, yeah. So, unbelievable. This guy does this mini movie, I forget his name. He does this mini movie for a Christmas Eve service at his church. And the thing blows up. And then he does all of these movies called The Chosen. If you haven't seen them, they're, they're just amazing. Well, then they did this Christmas movie called Christmas with the Chosen, and then it's called The Messengers. Now, I have to warn you, we went to it yesterday, and we were sitting there, and I leaned over to Lori, and I said, oh, wait a minute, I thought this was a movie. Is this a musical? Because there's a lot of singing up front. There's a lot of musical groups, very well-known musical groups that sing up front. But then it gets into the movie. And it's the most realistic portrayal of Christ's birth, I think, that I've ever seen in any movie. I would encourage you, if you have a chance, to go and see it. Um, it's, I checked for you. It's still at West Acres today. There's three showings today. If you have an opportunity, you, you, you will not go wrong. Don't you find it interesting that God doesn't choose the powerful to accomplish his will on earth? He doesn't choose those who have status. He doesn't choose 
the need for only those who have wealth maybe, or in fact throughout scripture, God time and time again has chosen those that you might least expect, those that you're like, there's no way this person. From Moses to David to Paul to Mary, none, none of them very impressive. None who consider themselves worthy of, of God's favor and grace. None who were powerful or wealthy and viewed by society as one that's going to accomplish great things. None of them. Rather, the least of these, uh, the low lives of society, the outcasts, the poor, those who are able to see their need for God's grace in their lives. Do you see it? Too often it's easy um, because of the titles and the knowledge and experience and the money and the power and the status that we don't see our need for God's grace. great reminder once again that God often uses the unexpected and the messy and the imperfect people, his creation to carry out his plan. I don't know about you, but I can personally testify to that. Uh, I am the unexpected, the messy, and the imperfect. Because God's grace is what qualifies us. It's what stamps approval on us to be used by him as a servant. Because without him, friends, we're nothing. We're just human beings trying to make it through this life. But God poured out his grace upon all mankind at the cross. Like Mary, we can't earn God's grace, nor do we deserve it. His grace is his love when we don't deserve to be loved. It's his forgiveness when we don't deserve to be forgiven. It's his salvation when we don't deserve to be saved. It's his mercy when, when we really deserve his wrath. It's his kindness toward us when, when we don't deserve to be treated with kindness. Mary was the recipient of God's grace and favor. Her response to God's riches, knowing that she was unworthy to receive them, is this. I am the Lord's servant. What if, we, what if we believed the statement that we use, it's better to give than receive? And we said as Mary did, I am the Lord's servant. Use me. Friends, the gospel message is woven throughout this passage that we've looked at this morning. God's grace is for you. How will you respond? It's my greatest desire and prayer that every single one of you know Jesus Christ as your personal savior. I have three words. If you do not know Jesus as your savior, remember these three words. The first is look. Look. toward him in humility. Turn is the second word, toward him for forgiveness. Invite him to be the Lord of your life. Maybe you would do that today. The one thing that I want to leave you with is this. It's the truth that I want us to hang on to. And that is, nothing is impossible with God. Do you believe that? God, thank you for your word and thank you for the life of Mary. Thank you for scripture that tells the story 
And in that passage, there's so many promises and so much truth to grasp and hold on to. God, thank you for the favor that you've poured out on us in the same way that you poured it out on Mary. That as a child of yours, we have received your grace. God, maybe someone today would respond to look, turn, and invite. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen.